Hello, and welcome to the Mullet Over podcast. My co-host isn't here today, so you're not going to get the music, um, you know, montage at the beginning. You're not going to get some of that, but we are excited today. Um, our special guest, Chris Gleason, and uh, we actually are just kind of meeting for the first time online as we're introducing you to our world and our guests and, um, I mean, as our, our audience so uh, you've got some really powerful and important stuff to share, and I'd love for you, rather than me introduce you, because I have limited amount of nods, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, yourself, and just tell us. You know, take your time. Tell us who is Chris Gleason. Sure. Um, so my name's Chris Gleason. I'm a serial entrepreneur, um, tech and finance guy. Uh, I've uh, been working in finance and uh, technology pretty much for a large part of my uh, adult career. Um, going back to before uh, most banks had websites, I had invented a uh, search engine for mortgage loan programs and process um, uh, streamlining. And basically what we did is we created a um, mortgage loan search engine and um, processing program that would um, take your mortgage loan down to about three mouse clicks wow. from from import uh, from a website to figuring out um, whether or not the loan could get approved and then um, and submitting it out to banks um, after pulling credit and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, that was uh, back in like 97 that we wow. uh, came up with the idea and started working on it. And um, since then, um, been involved with a bunch of pretty cool things. Um, back in uh, about four, 2014, after my, my first time being deplatformed on uh, social media, um, I was able to rope in some friends. And what year was we, that? What's that? 2014. Wow. I didn't know they were doing platforming people that long ago. Yeah. 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 Um, at the time I had, uh, I had, I had, uh, as a, as a kind of like a side thing that I had done, I had invented some really cool, um, rifle magazines for special operations rifles for, uh, the FN scar. And, um, I uh, built up a pretty large presence on social media. And it, um, we had a very, very popular um, uh, company page. And we were uh, social media influencers before there were social media influencers. And um, we, um, we, uh, we did some really cool stuff, um, especially... Uh, as Obama and company were looking to ban guns, um, especially after Newtown. And uh, we, uh, we made some really good memes that were very, very popular. And um, we, did, uh, we did a lot of good work. Um, too good, apparently. And mm. uh, we uh, drew the ire of the anti-gun crowd. And wow. so... They uh, they would uh, mass report our page, 
and get us mm. shut down. And uh, on Columbus Day 2014, um, apparently I, uh, I crossed the boundary and the wow. uh, anti-gun left went nuts. And wow. um, it was kind of funny. So they ended up uh, deleting our page, deleting my company page. And uh, a friend of mine, he uh, he owned a very very popular um, forum, and uh, it was uh, it was like ar15.com. A guy by the name of Ben, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I can hook you up with this guy Chuck at Facebook, and he might be able to help you out." So he hooked me up with Chuck and um, reached out to him, and I said, "You know, he, you know, here's, you know." Uh, I don't think we broke any rules. I don't think we broke any uh, of your guidelines, your community standards. We've always been pretty, you know, uh, pretty careful about that stuff. But the big problem is, you know, when you don't give us any guidance as to what's violating rules. And I just got a warning today. Funny yeah. that you even that we even like jump in at this point because I got a warning today. And I'm like, what did I, I did use the c word? Yeah. Um, and it, but it was a story of my own sister who was completely healed yeah. and, um, and had the whole protocol, the, the death protocol. And, yeah. uh, and so I'm like, what was it like? And it may have been something else. I have no idea, but I'm probably like, not. two warnings. Yeah, probably what? not. So we'll get into that. Yeah. That's a re- that's really a big part of what we see here. So, um, Chuck, um, he said, you know, I, no promises, but I'll take a look at, at what you guys, what you have, and we'll see what, you know, if I can do anything. And I'm like, okay, well, that, I appreciate that. So that was October, uh, Columbus Day, or a couple of days after Columbus Day. And um, about a couple of days before Christmas, um, he reaches out to me and he's like, hey, you know, I looked at your, we looked at your stuff and, um, you know, clearly you didn't really violate any of the terms of the conditions. Um, certainly not to warrant, you know, us deleting your page. There were three posts, you know, over, you know, the uh, couple of years that uh, we had been on Facebook that were, you know, right to the line, but we didn't cross it, but they were right to the line. And um, he's like, you know, but he's like, I, I know what's going on. I understand the problem and we'll, you know, we'll get this resolved. And I'm like, okay, great. Thanks. And, um, he, uh, he mentioned, he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I might be at SHOT Show. Um, you know, I'm going to be at SHOT Show in January. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I go, well, let's, let's you know, exchange information and you know, I'd like to meet you and thank you. And he's like, yeah, okay, great. So go to Shot Show. On the way there, um, I uh, I got uh, I caught a ban, <laughs> a personal ban for posting stuff. And it was it was interesting um, because it was it, it really wasn't it was a cartoon. I, I it was it was a political cartoon. Wow! And cartoons are supposed to be you know kind of exempt from stuff. Wow. You know, and. Um, you know, it was a cartoon uh, being critical of European immigration that was going on at the time. 
from Africa and the Middle East. And so, I mean, I'm literally, you know, getting ready to go, like I'm at the airport, getting ready to get on a plane to go meet this guy, um, you know, the next day. And boom, I get, you know, that that profile get hit and, you know, couldn't do anything. Um, so get to uh, SHOT Show and uh, we end up um, connecting by text message and um, we go and we start we start talking and what was interesting was that um you know he didn't know <laughs> chuck didn't know that i was a tech guy and so you know i i was like hey look it um i don't understand what's going on over there at facebook because you know i didn't post anything you know that violated any of your terms of service um yesterday but I got ban. I got a ban. I got a thirty day ban here, and I go. How do I, you know, how do I shift my fire if I don't know what I'm doing wrong? I go at the end of the day, um, you know, having all of my traffic from Facebook, you know, go to zero overnight. That's that's a that's a big problem for me as a business owner. You know, I had people work for me, and you know. Um, we had put a lot of eggs in the Facebook basket because that's where the eyeballs were, you know? And so uh, Chuck explained to me that a lot of, uh, that was done, a lot of everything on how bands worked. He's like, you know, we got, um, we got 3 billion posts that we deal with every 15 minutes. He's like, so there's no, you know, this was there, you know, this was at, you know, 2014. Right. Um, He's like, there's no way that, you know, we're, you know, this is all done through automated processes and bots and da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, I understand that, Chuck. I go, but here's the thing. Um, I wasn't always a gun guy. Well, I've I've always been a gun guy, but I wasn't always uh, working in the gun industry. I go, uh, I actually invented uh, a search engine for mortgage loan programs before most banks had websites. I go, and he's like, Ugh. I'm like, so can we, let's, let's, let's talk. I go, I'm just trying not to, you know, get my business shut down. And, you know, um, I need to know what I need to do to not get taken out. And I go, because we know that, um, we know that uh, software code doesn't write itself. This was in 14 at the time when software code didn't write itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and however, you know, uh, inherent biases in AI or in bots or in the code itself, um, it's apparent. And clearly, you know, that was what was going on in our case. And so we, as he and I were talking about, you know, we were kind of going back and forth with it. He's like, look at, you know, he's like, um, things are very uncomfortable here at Facebook right now. This was in 14. Wow. He, he was saying how, you know, a lot of the libertarians, you know, that um, worked there, it was getting very, it was becoming a very uncomfortable place for them to work. And he's like myself, he's like, you know, I'm a, he's like, I'm a gun guy. He's like, I'm a libertarian. You know, he's like, um, 
he's like it's uh it's it's a little challenging and so we started talking about that and he's like you know i'm i'm not a bad guy he's like i i used to work at google and i left google because they were doing some really some really bad stuff and i came here and things were good for a while he's like but they're not you know not so much you know they're getting worse here and he's like so as as we were kind of flushing that out you know i said i i said to him okay so we had a conversation and i'm like what do we have to do chuck what do i have to do as a business owner he's like well he's like you got to stay away from the muslim immigration stuff here or any immigration right now you get you got to stay away from it and this comes right from the top he's like if i can't help you it means that it comes right from zuckerberg's office wow and so we started kind of flushing that out and he explained to me how um cheryl sandberg the coo at the time was wielding a great amount of influence on uh things at facebook and so as we're talking about that he's explaining to me how cheryl sandberg was a clinton staffer she worked for larry summers and so i'm like okay so i've got to stay away from the muslim immigration and uh the clintons <laughs> okay all right i think uh you know i uh, stay away from the your immigration immigration here and the clintons all right i think i can deal with that and um so as uh as, as we're sitting there talking i'm like now with facebook's rules and community standards um i don't violate any of them and at the time i had made a conscious decision not to sell firearms because i didn't want to run afoul of facebook's um community standards or um rules i sold a decorative sword and ended up in marketplace hell for that so yeah so and it's something that in the, according to their standards you're allowed to yeah and and uh and but it was like and there's no appeal process nope once you're banned you are banned it yep. kind of says you are there forever yeah and i i tried to find out is there any appeal process there and there isn't it didn't exist yeah very Crazy. obtuse very obtuse so our thing was we manufactured accessories we we manufactured accessories that didn't break and you know we made memes and we sold t-shirts and you know that's what we did hmm. and um we're very and we were very effective and people liked the content that we were creating at the time and uh you know worked, it was working well for us um so what was what was interesting i said so chuck well why are he's like when i asked about when i started really pushing the issue on the accessories he's like look at it's not going to happen it's absolutely not going to happen i'm like well, what are you like what are you doing here i go facebook doesn't want all of this stuff here this is the largest trade show that comes into vegas there's a lot of advertising dollars here and he's like not gonna happen i'm like so what are you doing here he's like oh i'm uh i'm here working the uh fbi ncis booth and I was like, really? He's like, yep. 
and in our conversation, you know, he's telling me about how, um, you know, the government was putting, you know, did put some was putting some pressure on them, and there was a lot of uh, there was there was a lot of things he was telling me about a time that he was in a meeting in um, he was telling me he was in a meeting in the White House with talking to Obama. Because he, because he was part of the team that uh, Obama brought in to rebuild healthcare.gov after uh, uh, Michael bill. Obama's yeah. uh, college roommate um, built the United States out of a uh, hundred something million dollars to build a non-functioning website that crashed. Mm. So, you know, Chuck was part of that team and, you know, they rebuilt healthcare.gov with uh with about 15 million dollars and so so here you got a guy who's the director of engineering at facebook that reviews every single line of code that gets rolled out onto the facebook servers at the shot show working the fbi ncis booth who also built healthcare.gov hmm interesting nothing to see here nothing to see here now this is in 2014 right wow so um you know chuck chuck said you know he, he was he was like you know um as we were talking i'm like is there anything i can do for you you know what can i you know i mean because i'm really at that point i was just really grateful you know that uh i got i he had gotten me back on. He's like, well, you know, if you could put in a good word for us in the groups, in the gun groups or in the gun community, that would be really great. I'm like, absolutely. I will, you know, I'll definitely uh, talk about you and put people your, send people your way. And so that began our multi-year arrangement. So, the arrangement was um, my my stuff was hard coded to not be taken down. This Chuck coded my page not to get taken down, and I would help him by putting in a good 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 words um, and helping other people who had been erroneously deplatformed um, to get back on. So I'd make the introduction. I would you know I would wow. do that, and he. Uh, yeah. So we, from oh, so see, so from fourteen, uh, so f from fourteen to about eighteen, um, I worked with Chuck to get a lot of uh, conservatives who had been had their pages mass reported and their profiles taken down. Um, at the time, as all that stuff was going on. Um, we kind of knew that the writing was on the wall. It was just a matter of time before they deplatformed us. And so we had been working on other ways to monetize our content and, and, and do some backup stuff. And so probably about 15 in January 15, my, uh, my brother-in-law, this, he was, uh, he was a DARPA software developer and he was helping me um, doing do an integration with some of the stuff that I was doing, and he's like, "Wow!" 
He's like, you really do nothing. He's like, you're not doing anything wrong, and they're like hitting you guys. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. He's like, that's not right. And I'm like, nope. He's like, there's, we should do something. We should build something. I'm like, yeah, we should. So we started concepting, uh, conceptualizing a platform, and we ended up uh, starting that. Uh, starting the coding for that. Um, we started writing code probably about the end of 16 into 17. We started writing code uh, to build our own censorship-free platform. This was before Parler or really anybody, you know? And um, so it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, so about three weeks before the midterm elections in 2018, um, I ended up getting hit again. Um, it was it was kind of interesting because Facebook, after 16, they um, there was a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth um, when Trump won, and they uh, they vowed that that was not going to happen again, mm. and um, there's. Matter of fact, we were very effective in not being deplatformed in 16. Um, we were so effective that on the day of the election, uh, the Washington Post did a hit piece on my company. And they talked about how uh, Trump's uh, supporters were uh, obsessed with a... Uh, a uh, 300 BC battle between the Spartans and the Persians. And they called us a bunch of uh, ultra-nationalist, neo-Nazi, xenophobe racists. And this is like, I mean, high, I mean, just absolutely over the top, for, you know, at the time. So um, that, that was very telling. So in 18, when the left lost, they got together and they planned um, to, to take back the um, house in 18. And as part of that, Facebook had rolled out a verification program where if you were going to run ads or things like that, you had to be um, verified, certified. And they wanted identity verification, the whole nine yards. And so we did... We ran a lot. I was running a lot of ads at the time on Facebook. We uh, for our T-shirts and our apparel, and that was uh, a pretty decent, lucrative business for us. And so, but because we were, we would, uh, we would do these T-shirts based off of, you know, uh, hot social topics uh, and memes. Um, we fell into that political category. And we had to get approval. So I jumped through all the hoops. They ended up um, making me provide them with my social security number, my driver's license, and my passport. Wow. So, and then, and then what they did was they sent a postcard to uh, my P.O. box. So I had to... They gave me 24 hours. They said you had from receipt of the postcard, 
to entering in this code to validate that you were, you know, where you said you were. So everything was run out of, you know, the uh, correspondence and all that was run out of a post office box. So I did that. And then, like I said, three weeks prior to the midterms, I was uh, just gotten in the office and I was getting ready to make my more, make a morning post and my phone rang and it was a friend of mine from Colorado and she and I had helped her get back on after Facebook had taken her out. And she's like, Hey, um, I lost my page. My page is gone. And they took it down. And she's like, but they also hit my profile because usually what they would do is when they hit you, they'd hit your page, but they wouldn't delete your profile. And they hit her page, took it down and they delete her profile was gone. So I'm like, Hmm, that's odd. I'm like, well, let me check mine. And then I went to go and I hit a button and I got kicked out of Facebook. And then I went to sign in and nothing. So mm. I'm like, well, they just got me too. So let me reach out to Chuck and I'll, you know, I'll let you know what's going on. You know, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I, I know. So then my phone starts ringing and it's now ringing off the hook. Everybody who I had helped get back onto Facebook, we're all getting perched. And and this is three weeks in the lead up to the to the election. And I'm like, so I, I, I reached out to Chuck at Facebook and so then our uh, pages, because we had a lot of pages, pages would go back up and then about a minute or a couple minutes later, boom, the pages would go back down. And then it would go back up and it go back down. And so I called Chuck. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, give me, give me some time to figure this out and uh, I'll get back to you. Well, you know, a little while later, he reaches out to me and uh, he's like, this, this appears to be what's going on. And he sent me a link from the Facebook newsroom that, um, that Facebook had just purged uh, a large number of uh, Russian bots, clickbait farms, bad actors who were looking to um, influence um, the election results going, you know, going into the midterms. And I'm like, Chuck, I go, you know who I am. You know that I'm not a Russian bot. I don't violate the rules, the standards, and I'm certainly not trying to alter the elections. If anybody's trying to alter the elections, it's Facebook. And you told me that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I did what I was, you know, I I, I kept up my end of the bargain here. And, you know, I have not violated anything. He's like, well, he's like, try to appeal it. And let, you know, and let me see what I can do. Um, so he ends up, you know, I, I ended up uh, rehashing some of our earlier conversations in an email, in an email chain. And I sent it off to him. And he, he told me, he's like, look, it, there's nothing that I can do at this point for you. And I was like, Okay, so that means it came directly from Zuck. And 
the other thing that he said was you need to get press and friendly politicians involved with this. You need to get the word out on this. So I did. And that was kind of how I got into um, uh, the, the politics side of um, data and censorship and how it relates to um, influencing elections mm. and election in, and, and election integrity. Did so, you happen to know um, a praying medic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Dave. Yeah. yeah okay. He was deplatformed, and he, oh yeah, I was on his show back in the day, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So when Dave um, was getting going, I was deplatformed everywhere at that point, um, and I did, but I did have a, I, I had a uh, a newly established Twitter account, yeah, and at the behest of my wife, <laughs> uh, because of all the fire that we had taken, um, she's like, please don't wade out into this stuff publicly and just influence the influencers. Mm. She's like, that would make me happy. I'm like, all right. Mm. And I did. So I used to, I, I actually used to talk to Dave a bit. Wow. And uh, when- So you got him in trouble. What? It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> No, not necessarily. I'm kidding. Uh, I I actually tried to help. I tried to help them out um, quite yeah. a bit, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. When uh, when uh, yeah, so when he got taken out, he had set up on uh, on an alternative platform, um, and they got hit. We had already built up uh, our stuff, and we were kind of off and running, and. Um, I was asked to help them with uh, some of their missteps that they had made. Yeah. And uh, so that's how I actually heard about you. That's how we end up with you on the podcast. The one I talking points was election fraud here in yeah. Florida. Yeah. That you're kind of a big guy in that. And it, according to like, it, you have what somebody tells you and, and your understanding of it. And then it gets clarified. I, I kind of thought that you were kind of a back end almost like a hacker type yeah. and uh have you heard of ryan montgomery no he's considered the most ethical hacker he was on the sean ryan show okay which was that was when i, even I know got you're talking to about sean that. ryan yeah because i, I do it know was, what you're talking about yeah but, this guy is pretty amazing and uh a lot of stuff came to light and and we ended up buying a property that was going to be a home for victims of human trafficking and the guy we bought from is a paid hacker by the government. Yeah. And he, as a teenager, got in trouble, federal prison stuff. You yeah. Know? And now they pay him really well. But it blew me away what they're able to get. Like, he's paid to hack cars. Yeah. And and paid to hack, you know, like government facilities because they want to discover the vulnerabilities and shut them down. But it blew my mind. And this, this guy um, on Sean Ryan's show, he was talking about all the things that they can hack and take control of and made it sound easy. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> if, blew I mean, my mind. Like they could take complete control of a car and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, like if you can imagine it, there's all it is is software it. code. All it is. And it's, it's very basic level. It's, it's a one and a zero. It's an mm -hmm. on state and an off state. You know what I mean? 
So it's a so little squish. is there anything like is that anything like what you're doing? But you have information about election fraud that is pretty good stuff. Yeah. So how I got involved with this? So we we built this platform, right? And um, we were uh, take. I was take. We, we like I said, we got taken out everywhere, and um, I was in the process of writing a white paper. Uh, because we were building a crypto component into our platform, and I was I was on Reddit one day. It was on a, I think it was on a uh, Friday, and Trump had just announced that um, he was gonna. Or they just announced they were doing the 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 SPAC, the the DWAC SPAC to raise capital, and on Friday it came out that uh, who. The development team had repurposed a Mastodon instance, and um, and claimed that you know that they had you know they you know the whole thing was like ninety eight percent their own code, and so you know I ended up reaching out to uh, Roger Stone because so I had talked to Roger back in I think it was like a first time I had talked to Roger was back in like seventeen about my censorship free platform. And um, so I like I have a solution um, to you know the, the problem, and uh, you know we have a, an immutable, um, secure communications platform that we could have white branded, you know, uh, white labeled rolled out tomorrow, um, and True Social be up and running, and you know they they would be bulletproof, and. Uh, for one reason or another, the you know, deal didn't end up going through. But um, I started working with uh, Roger, trying to help him on some of uh, his censorship issues that he was dealing with. And so we were looking at um, the issues with uh, email um, and SMS being censored. And so... I was building a, uh, we started building our own uh, MailChimp alternative and SMS messaging alternative. And so it's all integrated with what we were building, this platform. And I ended up, uh, I ended up, I ended up getting involved with a data project for Washington state for, with Roger or helping Roger and a congressional candidate out there. And we went to solve a problem because in Washington State, the voter rolls, they, uh, they don't delineate between Republicans and Democrats. And so the data is a little fuzzy. And it also doesn't tell you the difference with the non-party affiliateds. So what we were looking to do was to identify um, who was a Republican, who was a Democrat, who were non-party affiliates, and come up with a methodology to determine um, how likely they were to vote in the primaries, how likely they were to donate money, and who they would be donating money for. So as we uh, put together these algorithms and we were solving this data problem, um, one of the developers who worked for me, he, uh, he he got me the data. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, 
what? I go, this this can't be right. Like this number here in in a and 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 this row, I mean this column, I'm like, it, it's telling me that 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 these people here at the top of this list, they donated three thousand times. And he's like, Yeah. I'm like this gotta this can't be right. And he's like, no, I'll check it. And I'm like, yeah, do me a favor. Check it one more time for me. And he goes back and he checks it and he comes back. And I'm like, he's like, no, no. And I'm like, okay. Um, We had also started working on a project in a data project in Oklahoma for Jackson Lehmeyer. He was running uh, for Senate. So we had some of that data. And I'm like, run, run it for Oklahoma. Run this, run this, uh, algorithm um, in the data for Oklahoma. And so while he's doing that, I started looking into Washington State and these people. And so did like a top 100 and did some profiling. And largely, they were mostly Democrat people. I'm like, this is crazy. So started looking into what are their homes worth? What kind of mortgages did they have? What kind of jobs did they have? And I'm like, this doesn't add up at all. And so by the time we put together that profile in Washington State, you get the data back for Oklahoma. And I'm like, similar pattern. And I'm like, hmm. Now, in the in the lead up to the 2020 election, um, <clears throat> I had... Uh, I had been doing some stuff and I had caught some big tech censorship that they were playing around with, with emails where they were routing all the conservatives and all the fundraising emails into the spam filters. And so I had talked to a couple of conservative candidates and said, Hey, look it, um, there's things that we can control. This would be like MailChimp or MailChimp or or any one of the other mail services. They would um, like the Gmail. Gmail. So Gmail, oh my um, AOL, Yahoo, anything um, conservative related for fundraising emails were all getting routed into the spam filters um, on Google. I mean, it was it, it, it was so egregious. It was so crazy. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I reached out to when I saw what they were doing. I reached out to the RNC. I reached out to the CIO for the RNC. I had, like I said, I reached out to some candidates. Um, I showed it to Laura Loomer, who was running at the time um, for Lois uh, Lerner's seat, and uh, also Anna Paulina Luna here in uh, Pinellas County. And so as we're getting closer to the election, uh, to November, I'm like, this is not good. And you have to understand, you know, Facebook and what they really do and what they really are about. Same thing with Google, okay? Facebook and Google are not necessarily uh, who you think they are and what you think that they do. Um, deep ties to .intel, .gov, you know, uh, DARPA, mm-hmm. um you know, intelligence agencies. What you're saying is so we we deal with like from a, a different angle. We we're we're ministering to hurting and broken people. Yeah, people that have been human trafficked. 
And from that vantage point, what we uncover and discover without trying to, we're not looking for it. We're trying to help broken people. Yeah. And, and, and almost every one of them has been impacted by governmental, by, by one of the agencies, by like, and then, and then you peel it back a little bit later. I'm going, at first I was like going, I'm, I'm working with the elite group of people. The people that care for these people are the elite, like sold out, you know, caring people. No, the, so many of them are tied in. They're traffickers that are supposedly fighting human trafficking. Yeah. And it's just like, so what you think you're dealing with is a wolf and it's, it's, it's truly a wolf in sheep's clothing. It looks like a sheep, but you can see the snout. You can see the teeth. Yeah. But most people are fooled. They don't recognize that, you know, they don't think to look beyond the facade. Yeah. So you, you, you're like not, this is first hand information. That's, that's the hard thing. Like the stuff that I talk about, we've got to see and touch and feel. Yeah. Now, some of it I can't talk about because I don't, I'm not an investigator. That's not my job, but I know what I know what I know, you yeah. know? And, and so, and, and I, and I want it exposed. I'm praying for it to be exposed, but you're like, you're talking about, you can see the code, you can read the code, you can see what's happening. Yeah. And firsthand. And you can understand, you see the trends, you see the data. So, yeah. you know, um, we saw, I saw the censorship because I had the analytics going into 2018 and understanding Facebook and who they are and what they do. Um, you know, I don't know if you know who Jason Fick is. Do you know Jason? No. Jason, at one point, he had uh, the largest presence on uh, Facebook that there was. Wow. Um, he had a pile of pages. I think he had must have had like 25 to 30 million fans and followers across Facebook. And this is mm. like going back, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, right? So when I, I got deplatformed uh, the second time, um, I had already met Jason and he and I had had a long conversation about stuff. And, and he was like, Hey, I really want, I need you to be a part of my lawsuit with me because of your, you, how in deep you are with all of this. And I said, you know, Jason, if, if we go about this, um, the way I want to, um, you know, that's the only way that this is going to work. I go, um, because this really is a First Amendment issue, hmm. but nobody's nobody wants to really talk about that. Nobody really wants to do anything about that because at the time there was no attorneys, none, zero. When I explained to them what was going on in the relationship between Facebook and Dot Intel, nobody would. T- they're like, "I'm not suing the CIA," and I'm like. And so Jason, you know, he ended up, um, you know, Facebook has played this game with, uh, you know, Section 230 immunity from prosecution. And they and big, the rest of big tech have just absolutely done horrific things with this. Okay. Um, that would be your human trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be 
all of this horrible stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the guys, the people who were uh, murdered on Facebook Live, you know, mm-hmm. in the Middle East with ISIS. And, you know, just terrible, awful stuff. And I, so I knew based on certain relationships that I had and um, that that was not going to be the way to skin the skin the cat. Um, so I came up in the fall of 2020 with another way. Um, I was going to go after Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg and Jack Dorsey over undisclosed in-kind campaign contributions because of the monetary value of deplatforming and censorship. And so that's that was kind of how I got in, really got into, uh, really got into the election stuff. And so as, as, uh, as this was going on, I, I, I ended up hiring a law firm to represent me in filing a uh, complaint, an FEC complaint against Facebook and Twitter and Google over the illegal and kind campaign contributions. This is in 2020. You know, October, October of 2020. And this was before the uh, Hunter Biden laptop thing. And mm-hmm. the attorney, uh, the law firm that I retained, um, they ended up representing the RNC um, using this legal strategy that I shared with them over the Hunter Biden laptop. Okay. And Anna Paulina Luna. She uh, started the process of filing a complaint with the FEC, uh, with Twitter about it. And so, and I had tried to do some stuff here in Florida um, after the election and and since. And so as uh, with the contacts that I had in the Secretary of State's office here in Florida, um, I had explained to them that if they... Uh, wanted to really uh, do something about the Facebook problem. And that was when Laura Lee was the, um, she was the uh, Secretary of State at the time. And DeSantis had said that they were looking to uh, do something with this uh, Facebook uh, whitelist. And so I, I called up Laura Lee's office and I said, hey, I've got some non-public information regarding this and um, you really need to hear what I have and I have it all I, it's all documentable I got it all so uh, within 48 hours I got a call from the general counsel's office and the state attorney's office and it was a lady by the name of Colleen O'Brien and I explained to her I'm like you know um, what you think that you're dealing with is a lot bigger and a lot different than what you understand. And if you are going to really try to go after Facebook on this, you have to know what you're dealing with. So I explained it to her. I explained her, explained to her how, um, how uh, the pay about the PayPal mafia, okay, about Peter Thiel, about Palantir, and how Facebook was essentially a rebranded creation of the DARPA LifeLog project in order to feed data into Palantir so that they could mine it and then pass it along 
along to the dot intel because facebook had some uh the ability and palantir had the ability to do um relationship graph mapping which was very helpful for them to um map out terrorist networks overseas right so as i was kind of you know running her through all of this i'm like you know you know, I know for a fact that you're not going to get anywhere if you're going to take on um, Facebook like this. You're going to have to do it a different way. And here's the way to do it. Um, the boosting of posts is something that's Facebook's business. They're in the business of boosting posts. That's what you pay them for. And so there's a clear monetary value to that. And Facebook didn't disclose those in-kind campaign contributions, okay, for Democrats and Democratic candidates. So then I said to her, I'm like, so let me ask you a question. If Coca-Cola and Facebook worked out a deal where Facebook was going to deplatform Pepsi-Cola and then censor um, all of Pepsi-Cola's influencers and and evangelists and to platform them, what would be the value to Coca-Cola? What would what would be that monetary value? It's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. And there's significant value to that. And when you look at um, the effect on that and when you look at the national elections, right? With the censorship, with all this stuff, you're talking the worth on this is like trillions of dollars. Now, Florida has some pretty cool laws for campaign finance where they could actually go after Mark Zuckerberg. So I said, this is the way you get him. You do this here in Florida. I go, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he's going to have a hard time being the, the CEO of a publicly traded company when you've nailed them to the to you know you've nailed them on a on quite a few campaign finance violations that are felonies here in Florida and so um, so I had a I had a contact with that and like I said I um, that was my uh, the building of my relationship with the Secretary of State's office so as we go back now to 20 the run the run-up to the 2022 November election right um, I uh, I found this stuff, you know, we found this stuff in Washington state. We proved it there. We validated it in Oklahoma. And so I reached out to the people that I knew at the secretary of state's office. And I said, Hey, we found some crazy stuff in the data. And I, I want to see if it's going on here in Florida too. And can you, so can you send me a copy of the entire state campaign finance database? from 2015 to present day. And she's like, yeah, sure, we can do that. So they ended up sending me that and started looking into it. And I was in it, I don't know, five minutes. And I found some really disturbing, really disturbing stuff. Um, we were able to quickly target how Soros and all of these various uh, nefarious packs were buying local elections and um, how they were 
you know, they're they're basically doing the same thing, not only at the at the federal level, but now also at the state level and the local elections. And so when I see saw that, I went to a, a friend of mine who's a retired FBI agent, and I said, "Hey, this is what I found. What do I? What should I do with this?" He's like, "Let me hook you up with my friends in election integrity." And so. Um, we ended up uh, ended up getting hooked up with this guy who's an attorney who had started a nonprofit um, that was based on election integrity, and they asked uh, they ended up asking me to be on their board of advisors, and I agreed. And then I started getting involved or started uh, meeting uh, other people and other groups across the state, and we started looking at stuff. Um, we were looking at the voter rolls because the voter rolls were a big problem. And when I created my platform, um, my social platform and content monetization platform, we had to do um, a fair amount of identity verification to ensure that we were paying people who just didn't create a profile out of anywhere and were uploading content. We need to make sure that the people were the people, right? And so as we're kind of working through all of this, we're see, I'm seeing the roles and I'm like, this is insane. This is absolutely insane here in Florida. So I ended up going to um, Secretary of State's office and I'm like, look, we found so much crazy stuff here that you need to tell DeSantis that he has got to uh, retain all the election data from the 2020 election because we need to do a full audit on this because the stuff that we're finding is insane and we need to stop this otherwise we're never going to have another real election again and I go if if DeSantis does this if the governor does this he's gonna he'll be a rock star and the you know the savior of America if he does this. And uh, this is before Court Bird um, even what, uh, was appointed. And so it's a couple, about a month before Court Bird was appointed. So I'm, I'm talking with the general counsel about this. And he's like, you know, um, thank you for all of this information. You've given me a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. Um, I'm going to get back. I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I got back into the data, still doing my thing. And then I, um, following week, I followed up with them. And I'm like, you know, we got way more stuff here. And this is deeply, deeply problematic. And something has to happen. Um, so I look forward to you, you know, getting back to me and letting me know. Nothing. Didn't hear anything from them. Week goes by never calls and reaches out to me. So I reached back out to him. And that was when I started to get a good understanding that not only um, were the people who are supposed to be about election integrity and supposed to be safeguarding our elections really weren't. They had no interest in it. And, oh, by the way, they've also been the beneficiary of some election fraud themselves. So as we uh, tried holding people accountable, we tried holding Maria Matthews, the director of elections, uh, 
um, and try to hold her accountable over um, them allowing uh, non-citizens to register to vote at the DMV. <laughs> they want they wanted nothing to do with that. Hmm. And so as this is all spinning up, right, um, the primaries are kicking off. And um, a friend of mine who knew I was doing some stuff in election integrity, he's like, hey, um, one of my tenants who lives here, he's been living here for a couple of years now, um, he told me that he got like three or four ballots at his house. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, he got like three or four ballots. I'm like, have them save the envelopes for me. And so they save the envelopes for me. And this guy was living in Pinellas County now and um, got the ballots. And I walked into the supervisor of elections office and I said, hey, um, I have a question for you. The state law says that all of the envelopes must say or shall say, um, do not forward on the envelopes. The envelopes here in Pinellas County don't say that. That's a problem because they're going to get they're going to get forwarded. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. I'm like, well, actually, he does. But okay, can I speak to somebody about this? And they're like, yeah. Let me get the deputy, deputy, um, uh, the deputy person here. And that was a guy by the name of uh, Dustin Chase here in Pinellas County. So I started, you know, started saying, hey, you know. Um, the envelopes that you guys are sending out, they don't say do not forward, and they're being forwarded. And this is a big problem, especially with the voter rules the way that they are. He's like, oh, no, no, no. They, they don't they don't get forwarded. I whip it out. I'm like, what is this? And he looks at me, and I'm like, the envelope is supposed to say do not forward. They are being forwarded. Here's one of them right now. And then he got real defensive and he was like, we're not, we're not changing anything. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, we already have all the envelopes printed. We're not changing anything. Nothing's going to change. I'm like, so wait a minute. You're telling me right now, you, the deputy supervisor of elections here in Pinellas County, you're telling me that you're not going to follow Florida election law statutes? He's like, where is it? Is it? That's not even, I'm like, no, it's right here. And so I pulled up the statute on my phone, much to his chagrin, and he wouldn't look at it. He's like, no, no, no. And he yells for one of his minions to bring out his election book. And he's sitting there looking through it, and he's looking down. And then he, frown, he frowns, looks up at me. We're not changing anything. And nothing's going to happen. And I'm like, all right, can I have your car? So I got his card, went home, summed it all up, summed up the, the recap of our conversation where he's basically telling me he's not going to follow the election law. And so I copied the sheriff from the county on it, copied a bunch of people in an election integrity on it, and um, nothing. Sheriff wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. However, um, somebody, some of the folks that I did copy it on they um, they said, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're going to set up a, a meeting with uh, the chair and the vice chair. Can you hear that sound? Is that sound coming through? 
What's that? We're having a huge downpour right now. It is uh, loud. Uh, can okay. you hear it? I can't. You're I not can't. hearing it? Okay. Nope. Yeah. I got my headphones on, but it uh, like, wow, we're having an intense storm. It's Florida. So, yeah. Yeah. Just like election fraud, Florida. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't hear you as well. It's that loud. I'm like going, wow. So. So ultimately, uh, we got in to have a meeting with the, the chair person and the vice chair at the Pinellas County Rec. That was Todd Jennings and Adam Ross. And I showed them what I found with the uh, the lists, with the vote by mail, with how dirty the voter rolls were, how we had you know thousands and thousands of people with undeliverable addresses. And I started explaining to them about the stuff that we found with the with the campaign finance. And what was explained to me by Adam Ross, who is now the chair of the Pinellas County uh, Republican Executive Committee, that all elections had had uh, cheating in them from the very beginning of time. And there was nothing that I was going to be able to do to stop it. And I, I just looked at him. I'm like, okay, well, that's certainly one way to look at it. Um, however, there's a there's a flaw in your thinking here. I go, the flaw in your thinking is that we have this neat thing. It's called technology. And the computing power that we have available to us today is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at what I do. And my people are really good at what they do. And what would have cost $100 million, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Now, you know, we can do with $10,000 or less. And Mm. so you can either get with the program and help us out and clean this stuff up, or you could stand in the rubble of, of us burning all of this down. And the look on his face was like, uh, and that's kind of where we're at today, you know, um, yeah. burning it all down. Because what we found is not only was this individual, Adam Ross, um, he, interestingly enough, he's the uh, executive director for the state attorney's office in Pinellas County. Mm. So, the, so the executive director for the state attorney's office, who, by the way, has a duty to act if he knows about criminality is telling me there's nothing I can do about it because of the criminality. So if if they're doing that with elections, right? They're doing they're probably doing it with, with child sex trafficking and human sex trafficking because it's a big business, right? Yep. It's one of the biggest. Yeah. So we um you know, we started, we were watching races. We saw Laura Loomer's race get taken. We tried, you know, we tried to warn her ahead of time. Um, and uh, after she lost, it was an eye-opener, eye-opening for her. And she is now, uh, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of work with Laura since. And um, we, like I said, we exposed the depth of... Uh, DeSantis and Court Bird and how they've been rigging elections here. Um, DeSantis has been involved in 
the reading yeah. of the elections. Yeah. 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 And uh, his uh, Secretary of State, Cord Byrd, um, Ashley Moody, the uh, uh, Chief Inspector General for the state of Florida. And, I mean, it's the swamp is pretty deep. And, you know, what we see. Um, so so as all of this is playing out, right, as we're uncovering these these multiple pieces, as we're peeling the onion on this, and we're going, we're going, we're doing the right thing. We're going to the Secretary of State's office. We're informing them. We're putting pressure on them, trying to get them to do stuff, right? All on deaf ears. And it's like, okay, well, this is interesting. <laughs> A lot of the names you mentioned are people that are running on the platform of fighting these things. Yeah. And um, so it, it's kind of interesting, right? So we um, we did a study on the voter roll and we came up with massive numbers of undeliverable uh, mailing addresses that were on the voter rolls. And I put a, uh, a great amount of pressure on uh, DeSantis and on Rubio and on um, quite a few other people saying, hey, if you guys don't do something about this, you guys are all going to lose. You're never going to win an election again. And so I ended up getting a, a phone call one afternoon from Cord Bird, And we had a long talk about the things that I had been finding. And <laughs> he... Uh, he told me that I needed, uh, he, he told me, at first he blamed it on me. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are you, how is this my fault? He's like, we're a month away from the election and you're coming to me with all of this stuff. Now, this is your fault. I'm like, no, uh, actually, if you go and you check the emails in your office and your staff, you'll find out that I've been coming to you guys with stuff since about 2020. And... I, you know, long before you ever took office. So, you know, you might be able to use that on some, some other people, but you can't use it on me. And then he's like, well, you know, uh, you need to, you need to run alternative candidates, you know, in the primaries and that's how you're going to win. I'm like, well, not when you're rigging the primaries, you're not. I go, look at Laura Loomer, look at Anthony Sabatini. And I go, I, I'm like, so. And he's like, well, then you need to sue. You need to sue us. You need to sue me. I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that I need to sue you to get you to do your job? I'm like, that kind of offends me, to be honest. I go, why, why can't you just do your job without me having to sue you? So... Uh, it was uh, it was an interesting conversation, and you know the election crimes unit—they are not about election crimes. So, I, I want to ask a question: Is there hope? Is there hope? Yes. Turning this, there around? is hope. There is hope, but the hope lies in we the people. Hmm. Okay, because today. They have captured the judiciary. They have captured the House and the Senate, okay? And at the federal level and at the state level, okay? So in the past six months, 
what we have seen is uh, this new law called SB 7050. They rolled it out. And I call it the Florida Election Fraud Legalization Act, okay? Because it legalizes the theft of our elections. And it hides all the data that we use to catch them here in Florida, the data that we use to catch them in Maryland, the data that is being used to catch them in Georgia, and the data that was used to catch them in Arizona. And now, you know, um, you know, we find out that uh, DeSantis's campaign was uh, is 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 being financed by Dominion. <laughs> the the law, you know, I mean, it's like you can't make this stuff up. Mm. So the highest the highest court. I'd love to get some like if there's a place to to find that data and oh. and look at it. I'd love. I will get some for you. Awesome. <laughs> I will get some for you. It is interesting because there are times right when the C word hit. Yeah. I really believed it was the spirit of God telling me where to find stuff in, yeah. in research. Mm-hmm. And and I could document things like within the first week, I knew this was, yeah, you know, man-made yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. I, I had people that had held me in high regard, thought I was an intelligent individual like would tell people if Richard Mull talks, listen, write me off and warn people about me. And I'm like, like it wasn't even hard for me to document a lot of those, the things that I found. Yeah. And I, it, it is interesting because at some point I just got weary of feeling like it's very easy to find a lot of information and expose the truth or expose the lies to bring out the truth, you know, but both and, but most people don't want to do their own research. They go to, they go to the, um, in fact, it was interesting. I would, I would post just stuff about if you think you did research by going to a, um, what do they call it? The, um, um, the, the, the police, the truth police, uh, I'm Fact drawing checkers. a blank. The what fact checkers? Fact yes. Checkers. If if you yeah. go to them and think you're you've researched, and people are going, well, where else do you go? And I was like, wow, you don't even realize that they've all been bought, yeah. that it's all propaganda, and they weren't originally. Some of them were were founded by people who had the right intention, wanted to to expose stuff, but they were bought out. Of course. And, taken yeah. over and and you don't you got to do your own research and so i don't i don't often just buy it because i heard so and so i'm going to go do you, do you document this i want to look up the documentation and there are things that you can find right there on government websites like the world economic forum that stuff yeah. is unbelievable i mean it, it it's it's I can't believe what they post right there that they are going to do on the to the world. Yeah. Now it's not easy to find that stuff. It's often it's people that have found it that are exposing it. That I I trace the same loop and I'm looking at the same data they are, yeah. um, because it's so massive the that it takes people that are investigative and that are spending their time and so. 
So when you get hit, right, for censorship on, on the C word, yeah. okay, it's kind of the same thing with uh, the election integrity stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a powerful organization, it's a nonprofit, quasi governmental nonprofit. It's called the Center for Internet Security, okay? And they maintain the blacklist. Um, all of the dangerous people like me, you know, I'm on it. And so when I go to do stuff, um, you know, uh, I show up on that list. And uh, when we were, uh, getting ready to, uh, do this deal for, um, for, uh, true social, right. Um, I had a buddy of mine who worked at this company who uh, they had their business is excess uh, bandwidth uh, to ensure that you don't get taken down and uh, can handle uh, the growth and the traffic. And uh, this friend of mine worked there and uh, I, I told him about, I said, hey, look, I can't tell you who or what, but I'm, I'm going to need to be able to be bulletproof and handle, you know, massive bandwidth growth here like instantly like flip a switch we need to be bulletproof tomorrow and i i'm like you guys you mentioned before that you guys can do this he's like yeah yeah he's like we're we're the company that does this i'm like cool so uh he put me in touch with the director of sales and we started are you talking about truth social yeah okay yeah and uh so um, as we were, uh, we were looking to, like, like I said, uh, we we're looking to take what I had and rebrand it for them to use. Right. And, um, what was really, uh, interesting is we were about, uh, I think it was three or four meetings deep into our, um, deployment, uh, mapping or you know, the, the whole exercise of moving the stuff from, uh, some of our servers, uh, setting every setting things up there in uh, different colo location, just doing a bunch of different stuff. And I, I get in a weird email. It was like, Hey, um, Chris, what's your policy on hate speech and uh, hate speech and terrorism? I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I, I know where this is going. So um, <laughs> I wrote about a very well thought out email uh, about my positions on it. Uh, <clears throat> I explained that I was a veteran. I explained to him how a friend of mine was killed in the September 11th uh, terrorist attacks, how close I lost close friends, um, you know, overseas. And uh, I was very much against terrorism and, you know, uh, my own personal beliefs about it. And I said, to you know, in the email, I said, hey, you know, we have to, you know, if we're Words mean things. Words are important. We have to define the terms of terrorism. Well, what is a terrorist? Who is a terrorist? What is terrorist activity? And so if you ask one person um, who a terrorist is, they might have a different answer for you. So let's look, let's look, let's take the perfect example of ISIS, right? ISIS, everybody knows ISIS are terrorists. And they're, you know, human trafficking, genocide, the whole nine yards. So everybody on the planet can agree that ISIS are terrorists. 
Now, the sworn enemies of ISIS are the white, are YPG, uh, the Kurds. And they've been fighting, you know, uh, against ISIS very bravely for a while. And they are funded uh, large in part by uh, the United States government. And we consider them our allies. So, uh, but if you go and you ask Turkey, who is a NATO ally, who the YPG are, they're going to say that the YPG are terrorists. So who are terrorists? Are the terrorists ISIS? Are the terrorists the YPG? Or are both of them terrorists? Who's the terrorist? And, you know, so what do we do about that? Well, you know, if we look at, you know, the 20th century, uh, 200 million people were exterminated by government, right? Um, through Nazism, communism, socialism, Marxism, you know, uh, you know, democide, death by government. That's been the biggest killer of people. Now, I would argue that arguing um, a ideology based on facts and its merits um, that will go pretty far in stopping a, uh, a Nazi regime from gaining power or a communist regime from gaining power because imagine if you know there was a public forum where everybody could sit there and debate the merits of Nazism or communism from the beginning you know would Hitler have gotten gotten into power? Would Mussolini have gotten into power? Would Mao, Paul Pot? I go, you know, I I believe that the forum of open ideas that's the place we can, that's where we can stop this. So that's why I created the platform that I created, and I I think it's important to be able to do that. Chris, there's a lot more I want to dive. I want to ask one more question, and I, I want to close this in prayer only because I have to be somewhere. Like we're not we're not using yeah. time constrained, but I have to be somewhere. But I've noticed on Truth Social, so many things getting labeled fake news, and I um I, I thought that was a platform that was more trustable and free from censorship. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, about that. Whose machines are those? Is that source code sitting on? Sitting on Rumble, right? Mm. Who's who's uh, one of the early investors in Rumble? A guy by the name of Peter Thiel. Mm. Same guy, early investor in Facebook. Mm. It's it's interesting when you chase because I don't I don't know those names, but. But it's interesting because, like, I was I was hearing one Tucker Carl. I was, never was a huge Tucker Carlson fan until he gets fired, and I and I and I watched, and and then I was like, I hadn't seen Megyn Kelly since the old days, but I'd seen a Glenn Beck, and he had uh, Riley, O'Reilly, and 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 Megan, and they rattled off a list of like six or eight names that own all most every media outlet, and I was like. I, 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 there was like one or two of those that I had ever heard before and they rattled, it just rolled off their tongue. And I was like, everything has to be approved by these handful of people. And, and that's what happened to truth and media is in, in, in a very, 
have very biased leanings that and they control the flow of information, including Fox News, including right. like uh, you know core the, internet, the online stuff. Core, it's core internet. It is literally core internet technology. So what I've subsequently found out is that the reason, uh, so we go through that whole big thing with that company, right? And my buddy reaches out to me and he's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I got a weird call and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they said that there's no way that this deal's going to go, um, but it's not about politics at all. And so I'm sorry, I'm laughing. And ultimately, what it boils down to is it's the Center for Internet Security, which is the blacklist that um, censors everybody on COVID, on the COVID messaging, mm-hmm. censors everybody on the election integrity messaging, mm-hmm. and they are entirely funded by Pierre Omidyar. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you know who Pierre Omidyar is, Mm-mm. but uh, eBay is the yeah. founder of eBay. And he's right up there with the George Soros of the world. And they they invest in tandem together. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, globalist, hor- horrific stuff. And, mm. you know, so you people ask me, well, what can we do? And, you know, the highest court is actually the court of public opinion. OK, it's not the Supreme can I, Court. Can I suggest one that's higher? God room of heaven. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) That, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, power, spiritual forces of wickedness and the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. Yes. To the pulling down of strongholds. And, 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 uh, so it, 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 you know, but, but public opinion is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more of us than there are of them. Yeah. There's a lot more believers then people understand or realize. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, really good prayer warriors out there, mm. a lot of good intercessors. And, you know, uh, we know how this ends. <laughs> it, what's what's interesting to me is the some of the some of the more outspoken online voices that used to they weren't believers. They were anti um, all the um, conspiracy theories. All this stuff are now becoming Christians. Yeah, saying it was Christians that were that sounded the most intelligent and brought the most profound truth. And and then they began to research on their own. And, and and numerous ones. One guy was nicknamed the Podfather. I can't think of his name off the top of my list. And then Sean Ryan was talking about his conversion. Um, a, a different ones who. Um, I, I, and I'm like, this is there's a movement where all of the deception is being exposed. And that's my biggest prayer. God, would you just expose the darkness? Would you expose the people in Tampa Bay? that are human traffickers that are have organizations and lead groups that supposedly fight human trafficking. God, would you expose that? Would you bring that down? Would you bring it to light? And, um, yeah. Get a follow the money. Cause yep. that's where, that's what this is all about. It's about yep. money. And it's about power. Yeah. 
And some of it's right in our face. Oh yeah. There's, there's a website in Tampa of an organization that fights human trafficking that has satanic symbols all over their website. Another one has a quote on their front page from a satanic organization and, and, and it has a Bible verse in it. So without, if you don't know what you're looking at, you're, you're going to think that it's that. It, and I'm like, no, it is in your face. Like you can't be a part of that world yeah. and not know that this is, this is a human trafficking, satanic occult group. So, wow. Thank you so much. Um, I, 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 I don't even have your phone number yet. They were, they may have been texting it to me because we were like, how do we get in touch with them? How do we send this to them? So, so, um, the, um, but I, I'd love to, to talk more. Um, yeah, sure. And, and maybe Absolutely. even have you on the show again. Um, love to hear more about your faith, um, and that part of your journey. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting story and, uh, uh, I think it'll fit in, uh, pretty, uh, uh yeah, I'm, I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> and uh, a, a, a childhood survivor of uh, sexual abuse by oh you know, wow so man that yeah. is that is like a lot of what we deal with we we've, we've had people on here the group in satanic homes that were trained assassins on our show that today are walking in freedom and everything like that but but how people find us until we started doing stuff like this it's been pretty hidden yeah but the people that find us are. You know, like, yeah, there's so much. You know, I, I, uh, I, um, I look forward to having you back on and getting that story. That that really, I wish we had done that one first. Um, <laughs> if you're open to sharing, because I yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. I'm yeah. good with that. It's my testimony. Yeah. You know, yeah, praise God. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, everything that I do, uh, it's all it's all God, and uh, it's you know spirit driven and yeah. uh that's the spirit why it leads tired. us into truth even these kind of truths like i'm not i i don't sit on like trying to find stuff you know I, I, that's not me the yeah. holy spirit will tell me look up this like one yeah. day one day it was like i'm here we are fighting human trafficking and 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 the lord says you need to find out what's going on in tampa bay with in regards to the organ and i'm like duh okay god of course i mean like I got to find out who's in this game with us. And I think it's already being taken care of. And why is God calling us to do this? And and within 30 minutes, I was sick to my stomach for days. What I uncovered, I walked down, I pulled our staff together and I said, guys, let me show you what I've uncovered right here in the, the upper echelon of those who supposedly fight human trafficking in Tampa Bay are people that have satanic stuff all over their website. And, the, and, and one organization had $37 million set aside. It's gone. And they never had it for two years. They told me they had money like that, that they were fighting human trafficking. They had raised all, raised all this money. They, they never had it. I dreamt those conversations up because I began to call it on the table. We'd be at meetings and I was like, they have this money. Here's the need. And there's, there's no beds in Tampa Bay, hardly. And it was just like, now that I I just misunderstood what was being said. I'm like going, no. Well, it's controlled opposition, right? Yep. 
So, Father God, I thank you for Chris, and Lord, I pray, Lord, that, God, the stuff that's being exposed would be exposed at a greater level, Lord, that, that, that the house of cards built by the kingdom of darkness would fall. Lord, it looks impenetrable at times. They, they, have, they, they have built their fortresses, but Father God, your kingdom is greater. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name for Chris, favor, supernatural protection. I know the type of um, opposition that that comes against us spiritually and and even in the in the physical realm. And 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 uh, so, Lord, I pray over him, his household, that you would supernaturally protect them. And uh, Lord, I pray that that the message would go far and wide. For your kingdom and your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Hallelujah. you, Chris. And uh, yeah, yeah, we will definitely have you back on again. And uh, anytime, look forward to it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm gonna figure out how to close this.